Welcome to the Mainly Plants Podcast. My name is Ryan Furman and I am a certified plant-based nutritionist. You can find the website at www.mainlyplants.com. You can email me, it's ryan at mainlyplants.com. Or you can find me on uh, the social media uh, at mainlyplants. You can direct message me there. I usually try to respond within a day. Um, all right, that's out of the way. So, a few things this week. Um, first thing, uh, I've been uh, I've been contacted by a few different people uh, from all actually all over the world um, who listen to the podcast and they have told me that they enjoyed it. So it is. I, I thank you. It's always awesome to hear uh, feedback from people, um, no matter where you are. Um, so thank you for that. I appreciate that greatly. Um, if you do listen to the podcast, if you like it, let me know. Drop a line. You know how to get in contact with me. Uh, if you don't like it, tell me why. If you want me to talk about something in particular or touch on a certain subject, uh, please let me know. I'll be sure to cover it. Uh, the other thing, um, I wanted to throw out a question to the listeners um, so that you can respond to me um, about a particular uh, um, topic. And it's the topic of um, laws and regulations surrounding health, meaning what do you as listener um, feel about different countries setting laws as pertaining to uh, health and, and fatty food, stuff like that. So there's, for example, um, I believe it was in Japan. I know Japan and Denmark have both passed certain uh, laws. I don't know if they're still active um, regarding um, uh, health issues pertaining to diet. Um, one of the, the laws was there was a tax uh, established on um, fat foods. So foods that are not good for you, high in fat, high in um, saturated fat, um, get higher taxes than um, healthier foods. There's also an, another country, I want to say like Germany or, or Australia, or I don't know, somewhere, I've been trying to look for it, um, but I can't find it, um, that uh, past fines, they fine you if you are over a certain body fat percentage. So how do you feel about that? Do you, do you agree with um, people having to Maybe pay a penalty or a fine if they're not in in good shape, um, and if you do, why? If you don't, why not? Um, do you think that that unhealthy foods should be taxed more? Um, should maybe be deemed illegal? Let me know your thoughts. Uh, take it in whatever direction you want to. I'd be happy to read uh, any and all of your guys' responses. All right. So this week, um, there was uh, something that that happened on. Um, Oh, let me give you the rundown. Basically, what happened is one of my dear friends, uh, she's one of the people who actually got me into the plant-based <clears throat> diet lifestyle, uh, posted an article on her Facebook regarding a butcher shop that ser- that that serves meatless meat and uh, I believe it was cheeseless cheese, <clears throat> meaning that it's a vegan butcher shop. Um, and she made a comment how this is you know good progress for the world, basically. Um, and then a certain individual left a comment uh, on it, which was, the comment was just a link to an article. Um, and the article is uh, 10 reasons why I'll never be vegan. But let me kind of get back to that. So she reached out to me and asked me if I, I wouldn't mind uh, responding to this person and uh, this article that was posted. Uh, because it really kind of got her 
fired up and and admittedly it got me fired up also um so so i'm going to go over kind of point by point um the reasons that this article lists that that this author will never be vegan and uh my corresponding um rebuttals um so bear with me um i i have it all written out because i didn't want to miss anything so uh let's get to it so this article you can find it uh on the website empoweredsustenance.com slash is hyphen vegan hyphen healthy. It's an article by uh, this this woman, Lauren Geertsen. Uh, that's G-E-E-R-T-S-E-N. I wasn't able to find really any information on her except for that she's an NTP. Um, so let's see here. <clears throat> I'm going to bypass her intro and get right down to the points. <clears throat> Her first point um, is that a vegan diet has never sustained any traditional culture in the world. Um, and she goes on to cite, you know, which uh, <clears throat> there's been studies done. Uh, Dr. Weston Price, a dentist with a passion for nutrition, traveled the globe to discover the secrets of health and ha- healthy and happy people. Um, and he found that there were no uh, vegan uh, tribes or, or cultures. Um, she also, in the same point, went on to um, reference the China study by um, T. Kong Campbell, um, which if you haven't read the China study, you should definitely read it. Uh, there's been a lot of people who've tried to debunk it, but it's, it's, it holds up. Um, and she goes on to say that, that you know, the author, uh, Kong Campbell, uh, cherry-picked his data and yada 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 and and referenced a critique of the china study by someone named uh, denise minger Um, she wrote death by food pyramid and she wrote a scathing critique of of his china study so uh, let's kind of cover this point all right Um, so there are thousands of tribes um, in uh, kind of the southeast asia nepal you know, region there, uh, India. Um, there are thousands of tribes there. Um, just to name one, the the Brokpa tribe have lived in that region for over five thousand years, uh, and they are hundred percent vegan and strict vegan. Um, and not only is the terrain very brutal and and cold and hostile uh, in the region that they're in. Uh, but there's also a very high elevation of 25,000 feet, I believe. Um, so it's not, you know, it's not a nice place to live. Um, it would be difficult for anybody. Uh, and the this, this tribe is strict vegan. So 5,000 years on a vegan diet, I, I would consider um, uh, a, a culture who is strict vegan. So I don't know where this Dr. Weston Price got his information from. Uh, or where this author, uh, Lauren Geertsen, uh, if she lo- even looked into his study at all, uh, but debunked, sorry. Kind of going into the uh, China study argument. Uh, this one uh, can get a little long. Um, however, Denise Minger's review of the China study was very biased and and completely missed the mark. Now, there is a, uh, a response from T. Colin Campbell, the author of the China study, um, to Denise Minger, um, 
and it's very detailed and very long. I don't want to read the entire thing to you. However, I can send you the link if you're not able to find it online, but you can Google uh, T. Con Campbell response to Denise Minger. That's M-I-N-G-E-R. Okay, so let's, let's move on. Point number two, vegan diets do not provide fat-soluble vitamins A and D. Now, <clears throat> Denise, or, uh, Lauren Geertsen writes that, contrary to popular belief, you can't get vitamin A from carrots. Vegetables provide carotene, which is true, uh, a precursor to vitamin A, while animal sources such as liver and pasteurized egg yolks provide true vitamin A. Many people that believe that carotene can be converted into vitamin A, but this conversion is usually insignificant. Uh, and she goes on and on and on. Um, <clears throat> she also says, in the same way, usable vitamin D uh, is only found in animal products such as pasteurized egg yolks, cod liver oil, and dairy products from grass grazing animals. Okay, so um, the conversion problem of limited capacity that she refers to um, for converting carotene, uh, carotene, uh, beta carotene to vitamin A, um, has only been really been studied uh, in people of, who have states of various diseases or trauma. Um, vitamin A RDAs, recommended daily allowances, are easily obtained uh, with as little as three servings of beta carotene rich produce, um, which can um, also be improved with small amounts of fats like olive oil, um, avocado, stuff like that, uh, and different methods of cooking. Uh, furthermore, our bodies only convert beta carotene to vitamin A as needed, resulting in the protection for an overconsumption of vitamin A, uh, which could lead to uh, different um, symptoms and issues in the body. Um, some of those are pressure on the brain, respiratory infection, jaundice, skin rashes, brittle nails, sunlight sensitivity, um, and there's about 15 to 20 other other issues. Um, so uh, I don't know, um, again, where she got her, her uh, she, ha she gives her sources, but I don't know if she looked into it at all. Um, I've had my levels checked. I know other people who are uh, plant-based who have had their micronutrients checked. No problem with vitamin A. Our bodies convert beta carotene to vitamin A with no problem. Um, and if you think about it also, <clears throat> you know, she's she's talking about how, you know, you, you have to eat uh, pasteurized eggs or or animal liver to get that vitamin A. Where, where, does she, where, where does she think that these animals get their vitamin A from? You know, have you ever seen a cow eating another animal's liver or an egg? Um, they get it from plants. Their bodies are able to convert it for what they need, um, and and likewise, our bodies have no problem converting carotene to vitamin A. So so again, she, she's just completely off the mark on this one. Uh, point three: um, vegan diets often rely heavily on soy. <clears throat> now, she goes on to talk about the problems with um, with soy products. Um, the primary concern of hers is phytoestrogen. Um, and she goes on to say that phytoestrogens can mimic estrogen in the body, causing a chain reaction of hormone imbalances. Um, now, it's almost too absurd to even comment on this, but uh, any diet, you can have too much of anything and it would be unhealthy. You could have too much kale and it would be unhealthy. You have to have, eat a shitload of kale, 
but it'd be unhealthy. You could have too much water and drown yourself. Um, anything in excess is not good for you. Um, you know, she should look at the other side of this. What happens if you have too much red meat? It's not good for you. Too many eggs. It's high fat, high cholesterol content. Not good for high protein content. Not good for you. Um, I think you kind of get where I'm going. Um, now, her like I said, her argument against soy is the phytoestrogens um, causing hormone imbalances, which can lead to cancer. <clears throat> now, the phytoestrogen in soy is in the form of isoflavones, which do not have an estrogenic effect of spurring on or exasperating tumor growth, and in fact, have shown in studies to protect against hormone-related cancers. Um, so, completely, she completely missed the mark on this one. She didn't do her research again um, to, to kind of dig a little deeper. Um, the argument against soy uh, has been propagated by the cattle industry, the dairy industry, because they want to scare you to not eat soy because their products are hurting uh, because people are eating soy. Um, so soy is not going to hurt you. Um, <clears throat> moreover, it is, it, it's the hormones both synthetically given and naturally produced in red meat and dairy animals that, that have been shown to cause and exasperate cancer growth in human, humans. Um, what's more than that, isoflavone, which if you remember is the phytoestrogen found in soy, uh, has had zero correlation on men's testosterone levels or estrogen levels in any clinical studies. There's just nothing to back this up. Um, if you find something to back it up, please send it to me. I would love to look at it, and I would love to see who wrote the article and see who funded the article. Because a lot of times, um, funding for these for these studies is done um, if you kind of dig deep enough by the the industries looking to um, to stifle these other industries. Meaning, um, you know, the cattle industry, like I said, the cattle industry, the dairy industry, a lot of the other industries um, will pay to have studies done. Um, and, and kind of cherry pick the results to uh, try and steer the consumer away from things like soy or you know almond milk stuff like that. Uh, but I digress. Okay. Reason number four: <clears throat> vegan diets do not provide vitamin K two. This is what she's writing. Vitamin K two is the shuttle that transports calcium into your bones. You can eat as much calcium as you want, but it won't strengthen your bones unless it's accompanied by vitamin K two. This is one reason why calcium supplementation has been shown to increase the risk of plaque formation. The body can't use the calcium for building bones, so it stores it in its arteries. Unlike vitamin K1, plants do not provide vitamin K2. This is what she's claiming. Uh, like other fat-soluble vitamins, vitamin K2 is found uh, in fatty sources. Um, so she goes on to say you can get it in pasteurized eggs, again, uh, milk and cheese from grass-fed animals, liver, beef, and chicken. Okay, so, my rebuttal. Leafy green vegetables containing high amounts of vitamin K um, can, uh, are fine for you. Uh, kale alone contains over 1,325% of our daily requirement of vitamin K uh, in approximately just two cups. And our bodies, being the amazing things that they are, are able to convert this vitamin K1 to vitamin K2, similar uh, as to how our bodies convert uh, beta-carotene to vitamin A. 
spinach, broccoli, asparagus, collard greens, Swiss chard, bok choy, peas, parsley, and lentils, uh, just to name a few, also contain high amounts of vitamin K. Your body will convert vitamin K1 to vitamin K2. You don't have to think about it. It does it naturally. Studies show that vitamin K and its components are incredibly uh, sorry, are incredibly resilient and can withstand both cooking and freezing. Meaning that if you take these vegetables, you put them in the freezer till you're ready to cook them and you cook them at a high temperature, you will still get the vitamin K. Um, obviously, if you eat it raw, you will um, get uh, uh, better levels of it. Okay, uh, the bacteria in our intestines convert vitamin K1 into vitamin K2, like I said, with no problem. But since it was brought up, let's kind of talk about calcium. Um, she go, you know, says that that uh, you know these these uh, plant-based uh, methods of obtaining vitamin K uh, or K1, however you want to think about the process of, of getting that K2, um, are not adequate enough, and you need these eggs and cheese and milk and liver and red meat and chicken. But what she fails to mention is that animal proteins actually leach the calcium from our bones which can cause osteoporosis, osteoporosis and osteopenia. These, these animal products that are marketed as um, kind of the magic pill to calcium are actually doing more damage to us and not giving us what we need without massive deterioration of our bones. Um, especially in women. Women, you are uh, at a very high risk as you get older, depending upon your diet, of getting osteopenia, which is kind of like a lesser a precursor to osteoporosis, and osteoporosis, um, which is a bone density problem. Um, so, as I said, uh, you got to eat um, plant-based sources of, of vitamin K. K1 converts to K2 in your body. Um, calcium, it, it's, it's vital to our systems. Um, this one got me a little heated because she, she even goes into mention that you should be getting your, your calcium from, you know, these, these, uh, animal-based products and meats and cheeses and stuff. Um, she doesn't even reference the studies, um, or mention the possibility that, uh, that these animal products are doing damage. So, uh, moving on. <clears throat> Her fifth point, ethical omnivorism supports a healthy planet. So she's saying, what is ethical omnivorism? She defines it as uh, choosing sustainably, sustainably raised animal products from small local producers uh, with a little planning and careful selection can be a relatively budget friendly. Um, she thinks people should eat less meat, but a much higher quality, but a, of a much higher quality to support the demand for pasture raised meats. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, she goes on to say, um, vegan diets tend to demand a higher quantity of cereal grains and soy crops, which wreak havoc on our ecosystem due to mass farming techniques. On the other hand, grass grazing animals can nourish stripped soil and even reverse uh, de desert desertification. I want a tongue twister. Um, okay, so again, um, the, the fact that that Lauren Geertsen brought this point up is both ludicrous and 
absurd. It makes my brain hurt. Um, I don't know how many of you have seen Cowspiracy. If you haven't, you should check it out. Um, it takes a thousand gallons of water to produce one gallon of milk and an acre of land to produce 165 pounds of beef. I've seen anywhere between 165 pounds um, and 250 pounds. So I'm taking the least amount. Now, if you can compare this to one acre of land to produce 50,000 pounds of tomatoes or 53,000 pounds of potatoes or 30,000 pounds of carrots, um, you can see where the discrepancy lies. Uh, not to mention that crops must be grown in order to feed these livestock for grass grazing, which she doesn't mention. So not only, you know, if you were to take her word for it, you'd be growing crops, uh, and again, cereal grains that she blames on uh, plant-based eaters, um, because all these animals that she's grazing are plant-based, they're all vegan. Um, so she, you have to grow crops to feed these animals, and then you have to clear-cut uh, land um, to graze the animals. So instead of just growing the crops uh, and feeding them directly, bypassing the cattle or the chicken or the hogs or whatever you're grazing um, and feeding people directly. Um, so instead of, like I said, instead of growing crops and feeding them to people, um, they're, aside from just the land use, you also are using in a massive amount of water. You have to, you know, the crops that you're growing to feed these animals take a massive amount of water. Um, however, on top of that, you also have to water the animals uh, every day, gallons and gallons and thousands of gallons of water. Um, free range and, and pasture grazed and all that kind of bullshit is worse for the environment than actually the, the inhumane factory farms. Um, so you're kind of damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Um, so the fact that she tries to make this this argument that eating vegan isn't better for the environment uh, is, is is preposterous. Um, I, it, it's it's infuriating. Um, plants produce fresh air. Plants are ecosystems. Um, when you clear cut for cattle grazing, um, you know it's it's massive amounts of land. Um, whereas you could just plant seeds and grow crops and and helps freshen the air and, and helps the ozone and um, you're using less water and you're using less space and you're feeding more people. Um, it, it, it really gets my goat. Uh, okay, so number six, point number six. Her point, real food is better than fake food. Um, so she says, how do you create cheese, milk, and meat without cheese, milk, and meat? With a slew of non-foods, including including stabilizers, gums, thickeners, and highly processed protein extracts. Uh, okay. Then uh, she goes on to say, let's consider the example of Earth Balance, a nine a non-dairy butter often used in vegan diets. Um, then she goes and puts says the ingredients in Earth Balance. You know, there's different types of vegetable oils, salts, and proteins. Um, and then she gives the ingredients in butter as just butter. Um, Butter is not the ingredient to butter. You need stuff to make butter. Um, you don't find butter in nature. Uh, you don't create butter in a lab. You have to put stuff together to get butter. I'm not sure if the, she thinks her readers are just stupid um, or aren't paying attention. Um, so my, my rebuttal. 
Um, her fact of trying to claim that vegan food is fake is, again, completely insane. Uh, there's nothing more real than eating fresh produce straight from the earth. Fake food is what you get when you produce blocks of cheese or processed meat or butter. Um, again, I understand that there are fake foods on the vegan side of things. But if you want to um, kind of boil it down, let's boil it down. Um, you, like I said, you can have fake vegan food and you can have fake carnivorous food. Um, but let's give an example here and take it down to its core. What do you think is healthier for you? Going outside and picking a tomato or choose your plant and eating it, wash it off, eat it, or going outside, killing an animal, slicing off a chunk of its flesh and consuming it. And let's take it a step further. If you wanna go you know, raw and real with it and it's in its realest form, real food like she says, um, Let's let's keep it raw and let's not cook either one of the stuff of the things that I mentioned, and let's see who dies of disease or parasites first. I'm gonna go outside and eat all the, all the vegetables I can raw. You go outside, eat all the meat that you can raw, and let's see who feels better, uh, who has better blood work in a year from now if you're even alive. Number seven. <clears throat> Uh, she goes on to say how uh, vegan isn't the answer to autoimmune disease. Um, now, what she talks about in this is is mainly leaky gut. Um, she had leaky gut syndrome. Um, all disease be begins in the gut, and all disease must be addressed by improving gut health, which I actually agree with. In the case of autoimmunity, the intestines are permeable to bacteria, toxins, and undigested proteins which is leaky gut. Uh, again, this is, this is I have no problem with that. Um, however, she says, to heal leaky gut, specific foods must be removed from the diet and nutrient-dense foods should be emphasized. Um, and she references a couple of doctors, Dr. Natasha, Natasha Campbell McBride and Sarah Ballantine, um, who are leaders, quote-unquote leaders in the leaky gut uh, dietary treatment. Um, and they... Both agree that animal products are non-negotiable, essential part of healing leaky gut. Uh, again, not sure why she thinks that um, plant-based foods aren't nutrient-dense. I don't know if she's done the research again. Um, however, gut health, like she said, is the main focus here. Uh, go ahead and, and Google and take a look at the digestive tract of an herbivore and the digestive tract of a carnivore and the digestive tract of a human and see which one our digestive tract closely resembles most. Uh, but let's let's go further into it and talk about this, this leaky gut. Um, because she only mentions leaky gut when she's apparently talking about all autoimmune disease. Um, the best way to restore your gut flora is by removing food toxins from your diet. Uh, junk foods and refined foods, uh, specifically. Um, you should also eat plenty of fermentable fibers um, found in sweet potato, yams, and yucca root, just to name a few. You should eat fermented foods such as sauerkraut, kimchi, tempeh, uh, just to name a few, and also obviously treat parasites. Um, the most harmful parasites are the ones found in 
animal flesh. Um, so, so trying to insinuate that a whole foods plant-based diet doesn't provide enough nutrient-dense foods is completely untrue and extremely irresponsible. Uh, and she doesn't even say what food what um, foods must re be removed from the diet. Um, you know, she's saying that that these um, uh, these you know specific foods, quote unquote, must be removed from the diet. Literally, specific foods must be removed from the diet, and other nutrient dense foods should be emphasized. But she's not saying what these specific foods are. My guess is because they are foods that are derived from animals. Um, so again, she's not being very clear and, or thorough. <clears throat> you guys still with me? Hanging on to? Oh, we only have uh, three more left. Okay, so her reason number eight. You must take life to have life. Many people choose veganism because they think it's cruel to take a life, but something dies no matter what you eat. For example, field mice were demolished in order to grow the corn for a box of vegan cereal. Furthermore, plants are living beings. Plants are living beings, capable of communicating with each other and the world around them. Controversial but intriguing research discussed in a certain documentary that she references. Uh, she just says this documentary, and there's a link. Um, indicates that plants can even sense and respond to human emotions. Uh... <laughs> Trying to say that field mice die for plant crops and that plants commun communicate uh, as her rebuttal to a vegan diet is fucking insane. Pardon my language. Uh, how about the fact that because of land clearing for animal grazing and cattle ranching, cattle ranching, literally dozens of animal species go extinct a day. And that's not even touching on the animals that are killed inhumanely and kept living inhumanely in slaughterhouses and on farms that she decides to eat uh, every day. No mention of that. She's saying that you have to take life to have life. Uh, and, and a vegan diet takes life. Uh, because when you farm in clear cut, or not even clear cut, um, when you farm for corn, field mice are going to die. I, I, I mean... Maybe, I guess. I don't see any studies from it. Uh, she didn't reference anything. I'm assuming that if she could have found uh, a study of this, she would have posted it to back her ridiculous, insane argument up. But she didn't. And I've never heard about this. Uh, and then saying that plants can communicate. So eating plants is taking a, li a, a life. Sure, I'm not arguing plants are alive. But do they have feelings? Do they bleed? Do they cry? Do they ex experience pain and suffering and sadness? I'm going to say no. And, and and she needs to maybe turn around and look at uh, what she's eating and maybe do a, a slaughterhouse tour before she talks to anybody, especially publishing an article about uh, uh, how vegans take lives. It's bullshit. And it's, it's infuriating. <clears throat> uh, number nine. Let me see if I can find it here. Okay. Number nine. Vegan diets are deficient in vitamin B12 and iron. Uh, and she goes on to talk about vitamin B12 um, and how um, iron from, from plants is not easily absorbed into the body. Um, iron is, in fact, absorbed into the body through plants at a rate that is acceptable for healthy human function. 
um, similar to the uh, the uh, vitamin K that she referenced and the uh, carotene to um, vitamin A that she uh, referenced me earlier in her article that I that I talked about. Um, I get my blood tested regularly. I've been vegan for going on six years now, um, and I have zero deficiencies of any kind, let alone iron. Um, it's again, it's it's preposterous that she tries to make this argument. Now, B12 is the only thing I will concede on, and I've done a podcast on B12. Go back and listen to it. But vegans do vegans uh, or you know primarily plant-based people uh, such as myself do need uh, a B12 supplement. Um, however, taking a pill a day um, or a shot from your doctor every month, uh, depending upon what the dosage is, is super easy. I mean, most people take two or three or four or upwards, um, Excedrin, aspirin, Aleve, Advil a day for headaches because they're having issues because of what they're eating and consuming. Um, so my having to take one pill a day for B12, um, not a big deal, but okay, I'll give this one to her. Uh, however, I don't know if that's a reason to not go vegan. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Point 10. Last but not least because these have all been least and retarded, ridiculous points. Uh, okay. Her number 10. Animal fats offer unique nutrients. Um, she goes on to say, Have you ever heard that flax seeds, walnuts, hemp seeds, and chia seeds are all excellent sources of omega-3? That may be true, but these plant sources provide a form of omega-3 that is not well absorbed by the body. This is the same argument she's tried to make four previous times before in this article, that our bodies somehow can't absorb all the nutrients that we need to through plants, even though these plants are rich in these in these uh, different nutrients. Uh, okay. Uh, so, it's like I said, it's just more nonsense about... about our bodies not being able to convert or absorb uh, these certain nutrients. Uh, she and others claim that saturated fats don't contribute to heart disease. She actually says in here, <clears throat> where is it? Um, she talks about cholesterol, which is vital for healthy hormones, which it is, certain cholesterols, you don't want to have uh, high bad cholesterol and low good cholesterol, um, which is what happens if you eat animal-based products. You have high bad cholesterol, good uh, high high bad cholesterol, low good cholesterol. Um, she says, but don't cholesterol-rich saturated fats uh, cause heart disease? Nope, saturated fats were uh, wrongly blamed for heart disease. Uh, and she says that um, eating butter is okay for you, it's good for you, um, and that scientists labeled fat the enemy and they're wrong. You know, again, if you want to read this article, go ahead and read it. It's just so preposterous. Um, so I want her to try this out. Uh, she thinks that all this that saturated fats are fine for you, which, again, there's been a million studies that prove that saturated fats our precursor to heart disease, which is the number one killer of Americans. Um, 
and again, I, I don't see any studies that she's posting that debunk this. However, um, go ahead and eat a stick of butter uh, every day or a gigantic steak every day and tell me what your LDL cholesterol levels are in a year from now. Um, I guarantee you they're going to be through the roof and your doctor will tell you that you're at risk of heart disease because of the saturated fats found in animal products. You will not find any saturated fats in plant-based foods. You will find healthy fats. You will find healthy omega acids, fatty acids, which are good for you, which your body has no problem converting. Um, I've touched on some of these things in earlier podcasts, so you're free to go back and listen to them in depth. I don't want to kind of you know go into depth repeating myself. If you want to know more without listening, please email me. I'm happy to talk to you about it uh, in depth. If you have questions about cholesterol levels or uh, omega fatty acids uh, or or your body's ability to to uh, absorb them, um, but she also talks about, uh, quote-unquote, sleazy food politics. That, that All these studies that showed that saturated fats were bad for you and precursors to heart disease um, were a result of sleazy food politics. Um, this is just the pot calling the kettle black, if I've ever heard it. Uh, if, you, if you look into who's on the board of the FDA and who's in the pockets of the people in the FDA, um, I think you'd be shocked to see that the FDA, the people who set these guidelines, the, the recommended daily amounts and the food pyramid that we were all taught, which is complete bullshit also, um, are pumped full of money from the the special interest parties, these, these like I said, cattle ranchers and dairy producers. Um, and, and, and it goes much deeper than that. Um, you know, I don't want to get into the whole thing, at least not on this episode, of of the benefit of the government um, to keep people perpetually sick. Um, and they do so through uh, food being a major component to that and the food that they promote. Um, so again, if you want to see this article, it's empoweredsustenance.com slash is-vegan-healthy. Um, if you want my rebuttal uh, in text, uh, I have it printed out. I can get it to you whichever form you prefer like I said uh, the what the the uh, uh, the website mainlyplants.com my email Ryan at mainlyplants.com all the social media at mainlyplants dot or at, at mainlyplants.com um, uh, you can direct message me like I said I'll get back to you as soon as possible and in the meantime go eat a salad <laughs>